Welcome to All Things Analytics, a production of the Innovation Podcast Network. Tune in on the third Tuesday of every month for new discussions on the latest data and analytics insights with top experts in all sectors of industry. Now here's our host, Trish McPeak, VP Business Analyst at the Innovation Platform. Well, this is going to be episode nine of the All Things Analytics podcast, and Phil Bennett is back on with us, and I'm so excited. We're going to be talking about communication for analytic professionals, and in this episode, I really like the way that he discussed what's happening and what's taking place and the importance of it. Um, We talk about how this can either make or break you as an analyst and as an organization when you're trying to implement business intelligence, analytics, data science, all of the above. Listen for two things that he says in this that I wrote down that I just, it's powerful message that he brings across. And he talks about letting others win the argument for you. So listen to that because that's a pretty powerful moment. And then he also talks about don't let the perfect be the enemy of good. And so it was really interesting to me. And like I said, it was powerful enough for me to write it down. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Again, we're talking about communications. We talk about being able to communicate, but then we talk about the storytelling of communication. So this is a really good podcast, and I hope you guys like it. Phil Bennett with us again. If you guys remember, Phil was on earlier, um, maybe like our third or fourth podcast episode, and he's joining us again. We told you that we're going to bring him back to talk about this. So thanks, Phil, for coming back. It's a pleasure. Great to be here. Yeah, this is um, a real exciting topic for me because I feel like this is kind of a, you either fail or you succeed as an analyst depending on your communication ability. That's absolutely right. It uh, it causes um, people a lot of problems when they've created something really fantastic and useful, but they struggle to get it across to uh, their audience and uh, to their, often to their seniors, but really out into an organization where it can make a difference. Right. Um, you know, I did a lot of research on change and adoption of analytics into an organization, and this was the number one key. And I've seen it firsthand multiple times as far as communication can either make or break the success of an analytics or business intelligence being implemented into an organization. I actually read an article not too long ago, and it was about how leadership and C-suite executives were complaining about, quote, their data scientists, saying that they pay them too much and they don't do any of the work they you know they don't understand why they the new trend is to hire them and what they're useful for and then in the same article it's the data scientist complaining about the leadership in the c-suite saying they never use my work i don't even know why i'm here and this is kind of why this topic is so important so i want to get your thoughts on why is it important and then kind of um, just go from there it's uh, it's classic, isn't it? It's two groups of people that probably lack empathy for uh, one another. And uh, unfortunately, you've got a situation where uh, you've got the bosses and the data scientists. Now, I guess uh, for hundreds of years, uh, engineers and their managers uh, would have butted heads uh, when the engineers were trying to talk in too much detail and the, and the managers uh, wanted to just sort of know the headlines, you know, know, know how this benefits me. And this is two, two groups of people uh, that really have to try and uh, understand one another. Now, unfortunately, if you're dealing with someone who is an individual uh, in a C-suite position, uh, they're, they're likely going to be your boss. 
So you've really got to work, find a way to um, make good use of their time, uh, communicate your ideas effectively, um, and really um, be, be empathetic. Um, often when you're talking about uh, consulting, uh, tip, typical consulting roles, you really want the customer to lead the conversation. So you might have all of the solutions uh, for your customer in a consulting role, but you want the customer to feel like they've led the conversation and that they have been a part of uh, creating a solution. And, and that's just uh, that's just the same when you're dealing with uh, bringing analytic solutions uh, to an organization. It really is, like I said, the, the fail or success rate falls on this. And that's unfortunate because analytics, you know, when you and I were in school, it wasn't really something that was taught in school. It is now, which is great. So a lot of students are coming out and they have a lot more knowledge on the different type of models to use and the different softwares out there. But I still don't think communication is being taught to the analytic professionals. Um, I think it's something that is kind of built into your personality a little bit. And then as you mature and grow, I I can personally go back when I was younger, I was probably a lot more hard-headed than I am now. And I used to get so frustrated because I felt like people weren't utilizing my work correctly. And in reality, it was just the way I communicated or the lack of communication from me. Yeah, I can I can imagine it. I think uh, a lot of people listening can relate to that. We sort of um, start with um, a lot of ambition and wanting to fix the world, uh, but in fact, uh, we tend to we tend to sort of mellow out. And I don't think that makes us uh, less ambitious. Um, we just get better at uh, communicating our ideas and uh, sort of bringing people around to our way of thinking. And I think it's so important to, uh, you know, really understand what you want to accomplish when you're uh, starting an analytics project, but also when you're starting uh, to communicate your ideas to people. What do you really want to happen? Uh, is it that you want to improve sales or improve the effectiveness of some equipment? Um, you know, do you want to improve quality or customer satisfaction? And you've really got to keep focused on those goals because those goals are the things that are relatable. Um, hey, look at this cool chart. Um, I sort of uh, incorporated loads of features. That's not going to be relatable. Uh, relatable is uh, how it affects the organization, how it improves the organization, how uh, it adds to the bottom line. And that's, um, and that's really what communicating uh, is about. It's about... Uh, hearing the other the other party and empathizing with the other party. So if you're dealing with your boss, you know that uh, he's, he's got targets and how are you going to help uh, your boss achieve those targets? Yeah, I mean, you hit on a key point that it's it's not one communication style fits all. It's definitely a you have to figure out who your target audience is. Um, and then there's so many different types of communication styles. Uh, so do you know how people can go out and learn more about the different styles of communication? And then do you have any advice as far as how to choose the correct style of communication for a situation? In terms of um, styles of uh, styles of communication, I wouldn't say that that's my uh, that's my specialism. Um, typically, when I'm, uh, you know, approaching uh, 
communication. I like to um, ask questions um, and I like to give the other party uh, an opportunity to, um, you know, to talk so that I can listen and I can learn from them. And as I've sort of moved through my career and I'm, I'm now doing more sales work, um, I find that a conversational, uh, conversational style when you're trying to build empathy uh, really helps, uh, helps to get your point across. Uh, and almost letting the other, uh, letting the other party uh, win your argument for you uh, by allowing them to participate in, uh, in your conversation. And it's always important to um, make your point and be confident, um, but really you've got to connect your problem, uh, the problem that you see, uh, with the uh, user or with the listener, uh, and so. You've got to uh, see what the problem is, and then say why it's that person's, you know, why it's that person's problem, why it's a source of pain uh, for them. And the other key is uh, to always understand the financial benefits of the work that you're doing. And um, bottom line is really uh, one of the most important things in in driving uh, driving business, uh, driving uh, decisions. Uh, and it's the financial benefits that will make the most compelling uh, case when you're trying to get your ideas across the line. You just said something um, that I wrote down because it's, I've never heard it put that way, but it's brilliant. Um, and it's let them win the argument for you. I think that speaks volumes as far as that's exactly the type of communication that you would you would hope and want because then not only does that allow them to break down that barrier of them having fear of what is this this data that someone's coming in and trying to, you know, use for me or against me, but it also just allows them to be a part of the team, which I believe is, is another key in the adoption successful rate um, of business intelligence within organization. But as I'm sitting here listening to you talk about it, it seems so easy, but I want to let our audience know that honestly, it's not easy. Um you get better with it, definitely, but it's it's never super easy. You can you can do everything that you had just said, you know, empathize and and really sit down and listen to them, but you're you're more than likely going to run into somebody who just doesn't want to budge or just doesn't want to have the conversations for you. Have you ever dealt with anything like that before? Yes, I mean, uh, I often have, and I think we uh, we all have. You've, you've got a great uh, you've got a great idea. And you just find that you're struggling to struggling to explain uh, explain it. I think there's an idea that we can um, uh, again. It's going back to empathy, but we can all relate to. Um, you're you're sitting in your maths class in uh, in your sort of uh, I guess middle school, and there's a teacher. He's telling you something that just won't go in. Uh, you just can't. Uh, you just can't understand it. A couple of days. Uh, a couple of days later, um, you you go to uh, another maths class, perhaps another teacher, and um, they explain it a, a very different way. And you find actually, uh, I've I've hit on that. That really makes sense to me. Just, it's important to remember that not all people understand uh, all things the same way or, or benefit from the same experience and knowledge uh, that you do. So finding, uh, finding innovative ways to uh, communicate your ideas um, through, through presentation, uh, through uh, turning the idea around or through making it relatable, uh, uh, it's, it's very important. 
uh, to identify the person that you're talking to, uh, empathize with their style, and uh, find you know, find a way to um, change the way that you're framing your idea uh, to suit your audience. After all, it's you you know it's you that's trying to get your idea across the line. Yeah, and one other thing that I was just like sitting here trying to think of as you're talking, what other components of it, and as far as trying to help people out there understand how to do this and. Um, I'm a big believer in mentors. I've had one for a really long time. And um, I've also evolved and changed mentors as I've evolved and changed in my life. But that's something that happens is whenever I'm trying to communicate, especially work products, my mentors are are kind of business leadership related. Um, and I'll be like, man, I just, I can't understand what I'm doing wrong. I mean, I've done this forever and I I feel like I really know how to to help this person. I feel like I've asked all the right questions and I've I've heard their side and I've I've tried I feel like I've tried everything in my toolbox. My next thing to do is just to go ask one of my mentors or someone else and be like, "Okay, here's here's what's happening. Here's the scenario. What would you do?" And it's it is crazy that every time they don't just say, "Yeah, you're doing everything right." They have another solution, another way, and it just wasn't one that I was thinking of because almost like when I was having the conversation and going through, you know, the process with whoever I was working with, I almost got too involved in the process and I forgot about all the other possibilities or all the other ways that I could help communicate with them. So having an outside ear from somebody else to kind of tell you what to do um, in situations is always a really good key, especially as you're growing and evolving. Um, But even if you feel like, you've mastered it, which I don't know if anybody ever truly masters it. But even if you feel like you mastered it, it's always good to have somebody else kind of play devil's advocate and, and kind of help you navigate through that. Yeah, what a, what a great point, Trish. I mean, the, uh, finding a mentor who you look up to uh, in terms of uh, their ability as a communicator is, is fantastic. And that person doesn't always have to come from your field. It, uh, they can come from an, another field. Um, I often um, sort of watch in awe as these very good salesmen go to you know go to work and they find uh, conversation and interest where there's almost none. And um, looking to those fields that in, engage people very successfully to find a mentor uh, and find someone to help you uh, reframe your ideas is uh, is a wonderful idea. I also think that. Because I've been doing this for 15 years now, uh, it's really <laughs> played a role in my life too. So in not just my work life, but my personal life and different things that I'm involved in. When I see people lack communication in something that I'm involved in, whether it's my child's sports team or you know, um, you know, a church group or something like that, if I don't get communication often or enough, where I'm not feel like I'm in the loop it's almost like I'm bummed out about it. And I think because of my the profession I'm in, I know how needed communication is and I communicate so much that I almost, I'm probably an over-communicator because I feel like I need to make sure that they know everything that's going on where they probably, some people are probably like, hey, we we got it in the first two messages you sent, sent me. Um, but I do feel like that plays a role in my life now as far as I feel like I expect people to communicate a lot more than they traditionally do. 
That's right. Yeah. And uh, it's something that we can all improve at. It's, uh, it's a sort of um, skill, skill of a whole lifetime, really, uh, something that we get better at and, and we learn. But, um, you know, don't ever be uh, afraid uh, of you know, trying to communicate your ideas and trying to talk to people and, and trying to constantly uh, improve. Um, I think uh, if, if it's okay with you, um, Trish, I, if we, uh, I can move on a little bit to how we can bring this back to um, analytics and, and, and that field, um, which I think is uh, really, uh, really important. And um, one of the things um, I think of good analysts as is really good storytellers. Um, and when you're uh, sort of bringing forward your uh, communicating your results, your message, it's really important to think about uh, narrative, think about the um, story you're trying to tell. I mean, it's almost as if you were producing a, a sort of movie or a, or a TV show. You really want uh, your message uh, to uh, sort of come across to the, uh, or your story to come across to the uh, end user or the person that you're preparing that information for. Um, it's, it's, I've always thought it's, of it quite interesting to think about data and, uh, and analysis in that way, that you're, you're trying to boil down this enormous amount of information into an, an easily digestible um, format and, um, and you want to tell a story um, at, at all times. Yeah. And, and it's not easy task. I mean, a lot of people that know how to do the modeling and the numbers and the calculations behind hand, behind the scenes, you know, then taking that and making it tell a story that can be very complicated. And in fact, I'm more of a storyteller than I probably am a modeler at most times. Um, but storytelling and the design work of the communicating it through the story takes me a lot longer work-wise. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. Um, uh, same for me, sort of understanding the message that you're, once you know your message and you understand your data, the, the analysis often tends to come uh, very quickly. Um, one, and, you know, another tip I, I, I think I would have is um, besides always understanding your data and, and working from a position of knowledge and accuracy, when you're bringing your message across, um, there's an expression we have, which is uh, don't, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, um, which is to say that um, if we can, uh, you know, um, we can reveal a truth about um, sort of 90, 95% of a problem, you know, uh, but we can't show why the last 5% of the problem is not working. Uh, then it's important to show that 95% still because that um, moves, you know, that moves things forward. It shows the value of, uh, of what you're doing. Uh, and a, a good example uh, of this was uh, for me was I remember working in an uh, engineering process and uh, the engineering processes uh, that have been long established in uh, the test of, uh, test of machine, some machinery, um, the data collection was happening automatically. And it was very well established. And when new new processes were brought online, um, they were often manually recorded or totted up on spreadsheets. And a lot of the uh, analysts and uh, that worked uh, that worked for me in that situation would feel actually, unless we can get a hundred percent of that uh, data available to us, we can't form opinions, we can't form trends. But actually, we had uh, you know by volume, we had the majority of that process uh, data automatically flowing in. 
So in that way, we were able to make huge improvements for an organization. Uh, we were able to identify the gaps uh, in our data collection, and we were also still able to tell a story. Uh, we could have been uh, stalled uh, in the way that we acted if we'd said, actually, we can't do any of this because we don't have all of the, uh, all of the data. So it's important to, uh, you know, as a, as a tool for analysts to um, keep, showing, uh, keep showing improvement, uh, to follow up and always improve. And uh, I, think that, I think that's a message that I would uh, always pass on to young people in the field, uh, which is, you know, you've always got to start somewhere um, and, uh, you know, start making a difference with your uh, analysis. Yeah, another another key piece of advice is I just love and I want to say it again so people can really hear it and, and feel it and write it down and remember it is the don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. That was, that was really well said. Um, and I think a lot of times we do, we want the data to be perfectly clean and we want it to all be there in order to have accurate insights, but really you can still have accurate insights and push the needle forward. Just like you said. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's really important. Uh, it's really important that you, you know, you, uh, um, almost all progress in um, analysis is really incremental, and that's uh, that's okay. You're not going to make um, enormous steps forward every day, but some days you will, of course. And those are uh, for you and I. Those are those are great days. Um, I encourage people to um, when they're doing uh, sort of communicating their analysis, they're telling their story. Um, is really to, um, in terms of empathizing, is, is make the connections that the viewer might uh, not otherwise not make, whether those they're trends or comparisons uh, or whether they're drawing, uh, drawing people's eyes to sort of surprising or interesting, uh, interesting data. And it's, um, with that, it's important always to keep your analysis really easy to read uh, within the context of what you're doing and um, predictability is a huge tool in communication. Um, sometimes uh, people find it hard to, uh, you know, change uh, change their opinions uh, in uh, in a in a big way. So keeping patterns of patterns uh, of data um, predictable through your analysis really helps people engage with your data and engage with your um, analysis. Yeah. No, I. I totally agree with that. And just listening to you, it is just eye-opening that um, you kind of forget that a lot of people do struggle with things like this. Yeah, and I think um, so. One of my one of my really biggest uh, my really biggest tips over my um, career, and um, it might sound a little bit uh, almost uh, a little bit of ego. Um, so I used to, you know, I love when I uh, walked around an organisation. I, I love to see people using. Uh, the things that um, I had created or my team had created to make uh, to make their jobs better, um, whether it was saving hours or um, improving uh, improving quality or customer satisfaction. And so, uh, one of the big things that people uh, forget to do is follow up. It's so simple. Uh, your your uh, you know your great anal- analysis is out there. It's collecting data. It's presenting. It's presenting that data. The teams are using it. Yeah, you know, it's great. But um, you've got to follow up and you've got to uh, improve. So um, you've got your, you know, you've got your analysis accepted. Everyone, everyone loves it. But are you 
are you following up are you going ask it and asking you know is it still okay can we you know can we make it better because that's important uh, in terms of building uh, building your credibility uh, so that it's much easier to get your ideas accepted uh, again and uh, again and again um, it's important um, the data scientists uh, data scientists uh, you, you probably know this Trish they, they often like to hide away um, but you can't hide away your 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 goal is to go and make um, go and go and make changes to your organization and help your organization so you've got to go out and uh, talk to people and you've got to communicate and um, follow up uh, and improve and so that would be one of my you know biggest tips is, is tough as it, tough as it is sometimes um, you know get out there and, and talk about the data and talk about your story and your message yeah absolutely um, one of the things whenever I was building for other people I kept trying to build what they would ask, but in a way that it would make them ask another question. Like I wanted my results, my analyst, my analysis to really help them think completely different. Like they were, I I kept thinking like, this is what they want to know. So I'm going to provide it. But I know that it can be so much deeper and I don't want to go deeper without them telling me because I don't live and breathe in that world every day. So I can make assumptions of like, I should go and answer this question and go answer this question. But I always try to build my um, stories in a way that when they looked at it, after they processed it, they started to be like, hey, can you do this for me now? I wanted them to always come back to me. So I believe in the follow-up and I think you tr- you should, but I always try to build mine in a way that like, I almost didn't have to go follow up because it made them eager to come back and want more from me because they were so satisfied with what the data was telling them because they've never seen it that way because it was just they're a visual learner and when they see it on the tables or in the database it just wasn't speaking to them the same way that you know a dashboard could exactly and that's um that's perfect you connected them you've connected them with their problem and um, often you know you're connecting them with their job uh, which is a great opportunity if you're um, if you're a data analyst uh, you're working in analytics is to connect people with new aspects of their job that they didn't often didn't even realize was uh, were there or were available to them. Well, I think this has been a, a really great episode and I feel like we've covered a lot. Is there anything else that you want to touch base on before we head out? No, I think um, I think just uh, sort of uh, to keep it keep it concise, empathize with your empathize with your uh, your bosses and, and what they're trying to accomplish um, understand uh, your point be confident about it um, connect the um, connect the um, the user with their problem or, or your boss with their problem and, and the benefits whether they're financial uh, financial always helps um, and tell your story and get out there and follow up and talk to people. Uh, that's um, you know that's going to help uh, help a huge amount. Yep, there's always two sides to every story, yours and somebody else's. So go learn the somebody else's and then and help them out. Exactly, exactly, and uh, yeah, I mean to all of your listeners, go you know go out there, talk to people, enjoy yourself. Uh, it's um, it's great skill, and you'll be developing it uh, your whole life. Thanks for listening to episode nine. Tune in next month for episode 10. Have a great Thanksgiving. 
Do you need advice in taking the next steps in analytics or want to share your data journey with the All Things Analytics team? Then reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram at IPSmartBuzz. Or by filling out the listener feedback form at globalinnovationpodcast.com. And if you like our show, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.